NHR the podcast with Junior and Pat. Hello, Pat, and hello, NHR Hoops Nation. Welcome to another episode of NHR the podcast. We are coming off another big weekend. Uh, we'll dive deeper into that, but uh, just a little bit about what this episode is going to have. Uh, we're going to do a little bit deep dive uh, with just about three weeks until the conference tournament start. We're going to start doing a little bit of break uh, or breakdown of of uh, leagues and uh, you know some some stock risers, some stock fallers, maybe um, just to kind of paint the picture of, of where the NEI is at right now. Um, and, and we're going to start seeing some big swings here. Uh, we're getting to the point where uh, most of the most of the teams here in the uh, country have about five or six games left. That's that's it. Um, and a few a few have have more than that, but five or six seems to be about the average um, of, of games remaining. So we're we're at the sprint here, and uh, we're also going to bring in uh, Oklahoma City uh, co- head coach uh, Coach Brookoff uh, is uh, a really good coach. He's got a first year program. He did uh, or first year as head coach there. Uh, you know, coach is a guy that came over from Randall University and uh, just has done a really good job of getting uh, a very good traditional program in, in Oklahoma City uh, back in the map as they're uh, right now in the top three um, in the Sooner Athletic Conference. So that's kind of what the, the episode is going to look like. And uh, like I said, Pat, we're, we're coming off a, another big week. I know we talk about it every week. It seems like that uh, it is a big week, big week or, or you know, just surprising that we had a, a lot more. Uh, buzzer beaters this week um, just a lot going on across the NEI as we as we turn the page into February and uh, we're in the we're in the official sprint pay, or sprint phase of the season right yeah and you look at the last week on paper and it's like oh not a ton of really really enticing matchups but you know it, this is why you play right you don't play the game on paper you play the game on the court so obviously another great week and you nailed it sprinting to the finish now where teams are, are vying for conference positioning and, and teams are, are having to really kind of separate themselves. So the best part of the season, the most exciting part of the season and, and looking forward to it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think, I think one of the things that, uh, you know, we, we can start off talking about because we, uh, we did, did a little bit of deep dive when Loyola was number one and, and uh, just this William Penn uh, statesman program, you know, they, they hit their fifth buzzer beater. Um, well, it wasn't really buzzer beater, but fifth, you know, uh, a game winner uh, this weekend um, against that Evangel team, who I've been actually pretty impressed with here. I didn't get a, still haven't get a, got a chance to watch that game, uh, but I've watched Evangel a couple times this year. Uh, they have a first year head coach and, and Burt Capel, who uh, uh, he was a player for their national uh, championship team. Uh, he was assistant coach there last year, but he's got some Division One background um, and as an assistant coach. Uh, but he's doing a great job at Evangel. But anyway, this Wilmington Penn Statesman uh, program. I, I tried to say that they were going to get beat uh, this week. <laughs> Foolish me. Um, I will I will apologize to them. I'm not apologizing, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I just want to talk about, you know, because the last two weeks for them, they, they won three games uh, the week prior, which, you know, three games in a week is tough. You, you know, you're short rest, and, and they were able to get through that gauntlet. But then they turn around this week, and where I thought they were going to get caught up a little bit is that uh, I mentioned a little bit on the last podcast was that uh, they had to go two – uh, Prue State, uh, which is out in Nebraska, and then two of Angel this week, uh, which is in down in southern Missouri. And uh, I believe the round trip was about 20 hours total, uh, which is a lot, uh, especially on a bus. Um, yeah. it's, not like, you know, it's not like one of those trips where, you know, you see across the country where uh, a team may, you know, go and stay overnight for a weekend and have a long trip. You know, these were back-to-back long trips. Um, I really, you know, I thought with this Evangel team and how good they've been playing – 
uh, they would get tripped up, and they almost did. But uh, credit to the statesman, they pulled it off, and uh, the number one team in the country, uh, you know, they're still uh, well, just a one-loss program right now. Right, yeah, and I'll speak from experience. I do not miss sitting on a bus for that long. <laughs> that is no fun. But credit to them, it takes an extreme amount of focus just to go on the road, take care of business, get home, stay healthy, um, and then just carry on. I think at this point in the season, it's like almost a little bit – practices are a little bit mundane, right, where you're not practicing as long probably and, and you're really, really focused on the game. So probably three three games in a week, yeah, it's a little daunting. But I think as a player, you're like, okay, like I'm tired of practicing every day. I'd rather just get out there and compete in games. And so – they're probably looking forward to more. The more games, the better at this point. And you talk about prepping for a national tournament. How about playing three games in a week, right? You're, you're going to have to string together a bunch of wins in a row to have success later in the season. So great experience. I think at this point for all teams across the board, any experience is valuable. It doesn't matter who you're playing. If, you, if you're in contention, if you're not in contention, if you're behind for, you know, middle of the pack positioning, whatever it might be, even if a game's out of hand, you think about like, okay, let's treat these last five minutes like they're, last five minutes of a two-point game in a conference tournament or you know what I mean put yourself in situations within the games that that really help you start preparing for a run in a conference tournament or in the national tournament yeah and, and that focus level is kind of what you talked about you know and um you, you see it across you know like there's gonna be games where you're playing maybe the you're the best team in the league and you're playing the worst team in the league and you know you just gotta you gotta stay focused because that's what ultimately that's what championship teams do I mean they stay focused and I'm not saying you can't lose a game from here to there, but you can't lose the bad teams this time of year just because it, it can ruin a whole – with three weeks left, you know, a bad loss right now can go a long way. It kind of lingers with you, you know, and um, just staying focused with teams. that I, I think the, the what we've seen over the last few years are those teams that do go out and win national titles or, or make deep runs or ones with a lot of momentum going into the tournament, you know, and, and yeah. uh, you know, maybe, maybe – Maybe uh, starting right now, you know, maybe you're limping in into, into February, but you get a, a lot of momentum going into, uh, you know, February and then into the, the conference tournament play and then into the national tournament. But this is kind of the time of year where, you know, seasons either have to start turning around or, or those teams that are winning right now, you know, they just need to keep it going. So be interesting to watch as we finish across. But, uh, you know, just looking across the standings here, uh, you know, this past week we did, we did see the last two remaining undefeated teams go down um, and Alice Lloyd and, uh, and then Paul Quinn, and then uh, Paul Quinn actually lost to Shreveport by five, and then uh, you know then they turned around and got a big win, the uh, top twenty-five win, and you know that thing that we talked about last week uh, with with Coach Cordero is that uh, you know that's the Ford is a tough place to get a win at. I mean they've only lost like I think less than five times in the last eight years or something like that, and uh, unfortunately they lost two this week. So so I don't want to say we're bad luck anymore, but uh, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Never <we're> that. Bad. <laughs> Hopefully we, hopefully we didn't rub rub off on uh, any bad luck on that. But uh, that Paul Quinn team, you know, unfortunately they're they're going to be ineligible from the the national tournament, and the postseason play because they got a lot of talent there. But they went to the Fort and won um, after they lost. But uh, yeah, and then you got teams, uh, you know, like we've talked about, William Jessup and Thomas Moore, who are just rolling right now. Uh, Thomas Moore's won eleven straight. Uh, William Jessup's won four in a row, but they, you know, the last loss was to a ranked opponent. So you know, just the and then Indiana Wesleyan, you know, they. They just continue to, you know, them and William Penn, they put an explanation point on their conference regular season championships because uh, both of those teams, have, I think, are three or four games up now on second place. And uh, Indiana Wesley, and I mean, you know, just coming back from down 16 against uh, uh, yeah. a good St. Francis team, 
Um, they're really rolling right now. Uh, just interested to see some of these teams, you know, like I said, about momentum. It's, it's fun to watch the, the season play out right now. Right, yeah, and we've seen, you know, obviously those teams are rolling and the good teams are really starting to separate themselves, but I think there's still some position to, to be had in some of these conferences. You think about teams that, and we'll have them on here in a little bit, Oklahoma City that are, you know, haven't won 11 in a row, but now they've won five in a row, right? Or or who's won three in a row and that three is going to at some point turn into six or seven, you know, like who's just now starting to hit their stride really might be the most dangerous team, you know what I mean? That's, that's really starting to figure out here at late in the season. So excited to see, obviously, these last few weeks, how it all plays out and, and who kind of rolls into conference tournament play, who maybe limps into conference tournament play, and how it all goes. Yeah, and I think you got team, you know, teams like we've we've just talked about, like Evangel and Oklahoma City, who, who their stock's rising right now. As we get into, like, some of these teams, that are, their stock is rising. You know, those are two teams that stick out. Um, but there are two teams that, you know, they both have first-year head coaches, and you know those the adjustment time or adjustment period early on in the season. You know that, you know where where the coach and the players are, are feeling each other out. Um, a little bit different of Angel because Bert Capel was a uh, was an assistant there, but you know, um, just one of those situations where you know you're still learning and, and even a little bit of new style. Um, and so just kind of those are teams that are starting. But a lot of it was it wasn't that they were bad early on. It's just that they were adjusting to a new style, new. Uh, a new tempo, new, new, a lot of things, you know, and, and that's what, uh, I think that's where those two teams are really looking good now is because they've started to figure each other out, both the players and the coaches. Um, and, and they've gotten into a little bit of rhythm right now and it's going to make them dangerous going down the stretch. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's, every team kind of works at their own pace. Right. And we, you obviously see teams every year that start off super hot and just kind of fall off and it's a kind of a rapid decline. But some teams have just have that slow progression, right? Where it's like, okay, we're just going to take this thing week by week, kind of game by game, and just keep working at it and keep working at it and keep working at it. And those, like I said, are, are the most dangerous teams where it's like, oh, now they've really figured it out and, and they've really committed to this and they've really, like you said, focused on it. That's a team you don't want to see at this point in the season. Yeah, and I'll give it, I'll give one more, uh, one more stock raiser. Um... You know, this IU Kokomo team, uh, they're, they're sitting at 21-3 yeah. right now. They've won nine in a row. They're coming off uh, a win against West Virginia Tech. Um, but, you know, they got they got a roster full of, of heavy veterans. I mean, Deshaun Hampton um, and, and Quan Spivey, I feel like, have been there for forever. <laughs> um, you know, they got Alante Harper, who's, who's been very, very good for them. Uh, all three of those guys are in their fifth year uh, of playing and, and – uh, you know, Sayu Kokomo has had success as a program, especially at the Division Two, uh, any yeah, Division Two level, and and they're starting to find their stride a little bit. And this is a veteran group. And then, you know, at break they added a, a very talented guard in Taysen Parker that uh, transferred from uh, Indiana Wesleyan. You know, and, and we talked earlier uh, in, in an earlier podcast about you know some of those mid-year transfers or mid-year players that come eligible, and and uh, and Taysen's been playing pretty well for him and added another just another uh, dynamic score uh, for this group and. I'm just eager to see this team a little bit. You know, they, they're long, they're athletic, they play hard, um, they can shoot the ball. I mean, they're they got a they got a team that, you know, I'm, I'm not sure that you know we'll see their matchup. You know, if they can make the national, or if they can make the national tournament, uh, a team like that that's that's like I said, one eleven row and or nine row, sorry, one uh, nine row, and just uh, uh, find their groove a little bit. And I'm not sure that I want to play them, you know, at this right. time of year. Right yeah. Now, so. And yeah, I think the most important part of that is old. Right, those teams that are really old, those teams that are really experienced, that that are really kind of, I don't know, maybe playing with a little bit more pride, right? When the 
kind of the lights at the end of the tunnel for some of these guys where, hey, this is my last go around at it, right? This is our last chance at it. Let's let's just go out and do it, right? Let's commit to this. Let's play hard and let's see how we, how how it all plays out, right? And so, yeah, we talk about teams being dangerous. The, the old teams that really are playing, playing hard and, you know, there's like such a human element to this where it's like, okay, maybe I'm 22, I'm 23 years old. And you think I'm really going to let some 18 year old kid come in and punk me? You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's just like that human part where you just have a little bit more like gusto to it. Well, and I think, I think one thing that we're, we're leaving out here that uh, we don't have to elaborate too much on it, but uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, this time last year with, with COVID going on a lot of times, you know, kids didn't know if this was going to be their last year, you know, even we see it now, you know, we got a lot of, a lot of fifth-year players uh, coming through with the NEI right now, and and uh, but but right now, you know, it's not going to happen next year. So you're starting to see the time of year where some of these guys that are that are true seniors or even fifth-year seniors are are realizing this is their last month of maybe playing basketball. You know, so uh, you, you know you, you're going to see a lot more fight from some of these guys that maybe aren't ready for their careers to end, and that makes them deadly uh, deadly team because they're like. And I hate to steal a movie line, you know, but there is no tomorrow for those guys that once they get into playoff time. And uh, I just, uh, it's always a, an interesting thing to look at because, you know, you have guys that, you know, all of a sudden take their level, their game to a completely new level and, and uh, carry teams. You know, you talked about last week uh, of, of Trevion Cruz, you know, putting his team on his back last year with Bethel and take them all the way to the Fab Four. And, you know, and it's that time of year where you're going to look at those seniors and those fifth year players and, uh, those guys that aren't ready to be done playing and, and uh, you know, maybe somebody can put their team on a back and um, and then we'll see what happens. You know, they put all their chips on the table and, and uh, you know, it's that time where, where all you need is a chip and a share, but some of these guys aren't going to get a chip either. But, uh, uh, you know, you just got to – it's that time of year where all this stuff's going to start play, playing itself out. Yeah, and before we get into, you know, our coaches' interview, we'll talk a little bit about Oklahoma City and just a little bit of background on them. A team, like we said, teams that are deadly, teams that are starting to figure it out. This is a team that really is starting to get things rolling. They've won seven of their last eight. They've really kind of, you know, hit their stride here. They lost one to Science and R2, of course, is ranked. But some really, really good conference wins, five in a row at this point. So, and one over, you know, Southwestern Assembly. So, let's, you know, this is a team to keep an eye on, right? And obviously is a deep team, a talented team, but but also a well-coached team we'll go a little bit deeper dive when, on the phone call with him, but, you know, just for those that don't know him, you know, he's a first year coach, um, came over from Randall. You, uh, uh, you know, so this is his first year as an NEI head coach, but you know what, Randall, he had a lot of success there. Um, you know, he, he ended up finishing third place in the national tournament last year, um, seven years in a row. Now um, he's won three national championships, a runner up uh, again, like I said, last year, they finished third at Randall, uh, before uh, him moving up, they played a lot of NEI teams, and we can kind of talk about uh, that with the on the phone with him. But uh, they played a heavy NEI schedule, um, so that he's not new to the NEI as, as far as coaching against NEI programs. Uh, but this is his first year as an NEI head coach, and uh, just really doing a good job at Oklahoma City um, as he has them in third place in the uh, Student Athletic Conference. So, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, bring Coach on. We are here with Coach Mark Barakoff uh, from Oklahoma City, uh, first year head coach at the or for the Stars, and uh, he's got his uh, team playing some great basketball right now. Uh, they're uh, thirteen and ten, but they've won five straight. Uh, they're twelve and four in, in the Sooner in the very tough Sooner Athletic Conference. 
Um, and they've currently slid into third place uh, in the in the conference. So um, as we start to go down this final month, uh, they're in great position uh, and they're going to look to go ahead and finish it off. So, Coach, uh, congrats on, on a great year so far. Um, I know it's your first year at Oklahoma City. Uh, maybe you want to start off by uh, just talking about uh, the transition. I know you guys played uh, a lot of NEI teams at Randall, but uh, uh, maybe just talk about the Sooner Athletic Conference and the NEI in general and, and your first year of, of coaching. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. You guys do a great job, and uh, the, the stuff that you put out there is amazing, and it gets the word out about how good, actually, uh, NEIA basketball is. But, um, yeah, first year at Oklahoma City. Um, you know, being at Randall, we, for the last five or six years, we've played pretty much all of the Sooner Athletic teams, so I knew the conference really well. Um, you know, actually played Oklahoma City, I think, three or four times in – I think we were 500 against them. I, I, I know we knocked him off. One of my very good friends is Vinay Patel. And I want to say he came in as like a top five team in the country. And, and we beat him in overtime one, one year. I think that was 2018. But no, I mean, I've played. I know Josh Gamblin at MACU really well. We've played them, USAO and John Brown. Um, so I knew the conference really well. I know how tough it is. Um, but Oklahoma City University was always, uh, as a California guy, um, being out now in Oklahoma for nine years, Oklahoma city was always a job that I always kept an eye on and always was like, if that job ever opened, I don't know if I would ever leave, but that would be the one job that I would love to stay in Oklahoma for. And, uh, I got very lucky to get it. And, uh, it's been a great, it's been a great, uh, I gosh, maybe eight months so far. I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously being no stranger uh, to playing teams in the league, you know, the, the scouts probably haven't changed a lot uh, other than the fact that you're just having to play them more often. And yeah, uh, it's probably uh, probably a big grind, you know, just the, in the actual conference season. So um, but something you got your boys have uh, handled pretty well so far. And, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you guys are coming off uh, two games ago. You, you had a big win uh, over number nine, Sagu. Um, but you've struggled together five, five wins in a row right now. Um, and you're going to hit a big road trip coming up here, a uh, three-game road trip. Uh, can you just kind of talk about uh, maybe the outlook of the rest of the season as you guys head into the SAC uh, tournament? Yeah, you know, the, the sooner is it, it doesn't matter who you play. Um, everybody brings something different. Everybody is pretty, really pretty good. Um, you know, the um, we played such a tough schedule early on and taking over a program, and I've – you know, with the, with the turnover that they've had the last few years, um, I knew it was going to be a little bit of a longer process to try to get where, you know, I felt comfortable and the guys felt comfortable with me. And we played a tough schedule early on. I mean, we lost a heartbreaker to Carroll early on in the Montana Tech tournament. Um, you know, we open up with Bethel, who's got one of the best players in the country. We lose in a buzzer beater to McPherson, the home team. Um, so we, we played a tough schedule. I saw the, uh, the, the strength of schedule We're we're 19 in the country. So when you're taking over a new program, 19 in the country, strength of schedule is always difficult. Um, but the, the, the team and the guys, you, you know, have, have stayed the course and they've believed in what we're, um, what we're doing. And it's starting to, I knew, I, I knew it would take some time, but it's really now starting to pay off and, and we've started to win some big games. Um, so with, and then you're talking about the, the, the travel coming up, we've got, you know, Panhandle state and Wayland Wayland is a place that OCU hasn't won much at here in the last few years. 
very tough road trip. We're, we're a game out of second place in the sooner we were picked eighth. Um, so we're, a, we're a game out right now. So, I mean, we're, you know, I was telling my wife, we're actually fighting for, for a conference championship at the moment. We've got a chance. I mean, a lot of things have to go right and we have to win games, but for a, taking over in a rebuild, um, I'm extremely excited where we're at. We have some very good players that have really bought into what we're doing and, uh, it's starting to pay off 12 and four in conference. And, um, I think people are starting to take, uh, take notice of, of us now. You mentioned kind of the, the rough start to the season, right? Not to rehash some old wounds, but you know, obviously a really, really difficult start. And then kind of the ebbs and flows with COVID and the COVID dynamic of all of it. Who's the one, maybe two guys that you look to that, you know, they're the kind of the guiding hand of this program. They're kind of the guy we look to to kind of keep this ship on the right track. You know, obviously you you have a mix of good young guys and some veterans. Who do you think the, the handful of guys are that really kind of drive your program? Well, I mean, you could start with Rashawn Coleman, who I think is one of the one of the best guards in the Sooner Athletic. Um, I, I'm I'm fourth or I'm his fourth or fifth coach since he's been at OCU. So, I mean, he's been there the longest, but uh, he has been absolutely unbelievable. Um, probably not a lot of people were paying attention to us, but if you go back and look at the box score of the Carroll game played one of the best guards in the country and, and he shut him down, played Montana tech. And, you know, that was a tough game, but Montana tech's playing really well. Um, but Rashawn has been really good all year. Um, and then Romario Spence, who's a senior, our, our post player um, plays, you know, from, from, from England, from left in England. And he's been getting a double, double just about every game. If you look at the box scores and, and he is, he has really started to come on of late. Um, in terms of being a guy you can go to almost every single possession. Um, Corey Guest, one of the better better wings in the league, a very good three-point shooter, Ryan Burt. Um, it, it's been a good collection. But, I mean, if you were to say what what couple guys, I would, you know, Rashawn Coleman's been there the longest and Romario Spence. Those, those two guys have been, been doing a great job in carrying us. And I think they're just not known around the country just because OCU – has struggled maybe the last couple of years and hasn't been in the spotlight like other teams have. But those two guys have been very, very good for us. You kind of alluded to it already, but, uh, uh, you know, it's something that Pat and I were discussing a little bit uh, on the podcast uh, before before the interview. And, um, you know, we, we brought up you guys with Evangel and, and uh, how you guys are, are both first-year uh, coaches. And uh, not only did you play a tough schedule, um, but we talked about just the – the, the players having to learn from the coaches and the coaches having to learn the players a little bit um, and how you guys are, are catching fire this time of year, because it seems like the buy-in factor is, is, uh, is there. And, and it's tough when you, you know, you talk about Rashawn Coleman, who's, who has had four coaches, you know, and um, just the, just to, to be able to have that trust factor to, to rely on um, as, as they go into their senior year. But uh, um, you guys are, seem to be, be playing your best basketball of the year uh, right now. And um, you know, it's, it's just one of those things the uh, you know, five five wins in a row, and I believe seven were last eight. Um, as you start to turn around the, the corner, and you just have a few games left here, um, what's it going to take to win? You know, you said you're you're one game out of, of the sack, and um, I know there's a lot that goes into that. But what's going to go into uh, maybe competing the rest of the year for for a regular season title? But then going into the conference tournament, uh, what's it going to take for your guys to go and, and compete and maybe win a, win a sack tournament? 
<laughs> luck. No, I mean, the, the, the conference is so tough. I mean, I, 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 you know, I think the, the talk amongst the coaches in, in the Sooner is that you could be in second place on a Thursday and Thursday night you could be in fifth or sixth place. It just changes so quickly. And every game is so meaningful. I mean, we played UNT Dallas, you know, they're, they're a grinded out physical team. And it took us not until late in the game to pull that game out. And then you play John Brown, who's got a bunch of three point shooters and they run a ton of sets. And then you play Sagu, who's a final four team. And, you know, they, they're super athletic and, and they, they've got, a, you know, the last few years, a lot of success and a lot of winning. It's there's no easy game. Um, and that's what I think makes our conference so difficult each night. There's something different and something from each team that, that you know, you're going to have to try to figure out. Um, you know, I say luck, but we, we're very tough to guard. We've got, we, we, you know, we play three guards. Drayvon Claiborne um, was a second semester ad. And you've got Corey Guest who can really shoot the ball. So we play three guards with a 6'6 wing that can shoot. And then you've got Romario in the middle. So we're, we're a tough guard. I think we're number one in the country in field, uh, three-point field goal defense. So we've been doing a good job there. Um, the biggest thing, if you, if you really want to boil it down, is as, an, as a new coach in a new program, it's just to get them to believe that, hey, we've got a chance at this. you know. Um, and that's what a lot of coaches go through with a new program. But um, I'll tell you what, the, the guys work hard. They, they battle every single game. And um, it, it's been really fun. But the Sooner is so good. I mean, I, we could go on this road trip and find ourselves going from third, you know, to not where we want to be. It's just that's how good the league is. Probably not always a fun, uh, fun to play. But it's, a, it's a, just like you said, a different challenge every night. But it's a fun league, competitive league, and um, a successful league. You know, it's a, it's a league that's uh, seen uh, teams make deep runs. Um, at the national tournament each and every year, um, and something you're not not a stranger to yourself. You know, you've uh, you've won, uh, I believe, gone to seven straight uh, national tournaments um, at Randall U, and then uh, won three national titles, and um, or even a runner up in a third place in there. So, um, tournament tournament style. You know, you're you're used to winning tournaments, and uh, um, I'm sure that you'll be right there at the end uh, as well. So, uh, something we're looking forward to uh, watching your boys uh, compete the rest of the season because I know that uh, you guys play hard and. Uh, but yeah, coach, uh, I, I know that Pat's got one more question for you before we leave, uh, uh not NEI related, but, uh, I do appreciate <laughs> you coming on and, uh, I'll let Pat go ahead and answer, ask this question. No, yeah, great. Uh, go for it. Go for it. Obviously, you know, you're coaching at the NEI, you coach at Randall, but I think maybe the, the most impressive part of your resume has been the slam ball, um, experience that shows up <laughs> outside of transforming the paint into a trampoline. What aspects of, of slam ball do you think carry over? the NAI level you know you guys in the slam ball I mean I, I did coach at Louisiana Tech and Texas State did a year of juco it matters we don't we don't care about any of that we, we want to know slam ball coach. exactly slam ball <laughs> you know slam ball was such an interesting thing one the, the the basketball aspect of it is in terms of like when you're real basketball you don't want to let guys get into the paint everything's so driven <laughs> to get to the rim so Slam ball was the same way. I mean, we worked on don't let guys get into the trampolines. And the, you know, the action of, uh, of slam ball was drive it to a trampoline and kind of get like a weave going so you can get into the trampoline. Um, so there is a lot of basketball-related stuff in there. And let, a side note, um, I don't know if you watch 1883, the, the you know, the, the thing to Yellowstone. Um, 
the guy on there, LaMonica Garrett, was a slam ball player. He played for the mob. So I don't know if oh, just wow. throwing that out there. That's my guy, LaMonica Garrett. Um, <laughs> but no, slam ball was, was at one time, I was only uh, what, what one of eight coaches in the world coaching slam ball. And there's like no one else could. It's one of those weird things. No one could say that. There's only eight of us that have ever yeah. coached slam ball in the world. That's awesome. Um, it, what, made, what made it even better, too, was Rocket Ishmael, uh, my last year of doing slam ball, um, I coached with the bouncers. My best friend was Hernando Planels. He coached with me, and Rocket Ishmael was like our assistant. And it was, the, it was so much fun to have Rocket with us. And uh, we, we every now and then text back and forth, and it's like one of those power plays. I'm like, yeah, I know Rocket Ishmael. <laughs> but no, slam ball was cool. What a unique sport. And I'm, I'm, you know, I, I just saw, you know, during the Rams game, they're talking about like dominoes on Fox, like the show about dominoes. How did slam ball not make it even after that? It's like if slam ball, if social media was around when slam oh, ball was going on, oh, can, yeah. can you imagine how crazy that thing would have taken off? Oh yeah, no doubt. I, uh, you know, just a funny little thing. I, uh, not to date all of us here, but because uh, slam ball, slam ball was a while ago. But uh, my nephews had never heard about it, and uh, we were out <laughs> messing around on the trampoline and the basketball out there. So I had to show them a YouTube clip of what what slam ball was. And uh, I'm not going to say that it got violent out on the trampoline, but uh, <laughs> uh, there's probably probably, re- probably reason why they shut down slam ball, even though I loved watching it so much. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> but but no, uh, you know, coach, I appreciate the. Uh, Appreciate you coming on, and uh, I know I know you. Uh, your Rams got a big win, and uh, so you're going to be a happy man. But uh, I know uh, on top of that, uh, of getting ready for a Super Bowl, I know your your uh, stars are are playing some good basketball right now. And uh, appreciate you coming on and sharing your season with us, and uh, um, your, all your great experiences that you've had through uh, several levels of basketball, um, even slam ball, like we discussed. But uh, um, I know you've won about everywhere you're at, so uh, I think you're you're definitely the right man for the job. And uh, year one, year two, year three. I, I know that the stars are are going to be back here soon. So, uh, wish you the best of luck, Coach, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll see you come tournament time. Yeah, thanks. I mean, you guys. I, I just want to say thank you for what you guys do. You guys do a great job, and um, I just always win or lose. I'm like, I just hope they get give me a retweet so I can get I can get more followers and people following because you guys do a great <laughs> job. And um, now Oklahoma City University, it, it's such a historic famous program and i can't wait uh i just i I love coaching there and i I hope we can just keep this thing going and uh you know get the uh the oklahoma city fans back involved you know when you play at abe lemons arena there's 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 a lot of pressure and uh what a great job it is and i love the people and uh thanks for having me on you guys again you guys do a great job you guys kill it that is head coach mark brookeroff uh from oklahoma city uh just uh I can't express uh, enough uh, or state enough uh, what the job he's done in the first year of Oklahoma City, um, helping get that program back going. Um, just a, a powerhouse of a program uh, back in the day. And uh, they, they've kind of gone through some coaches here lately, um, you know, uh, just uh, as they try to work their way back. But uh, a team that's usually in the, in the national tournament or national title talk. Um, and, and I have no doubt that coach is going to get them back going. So looking forward to seeing. Uh, uh, how, what coach can do the rest of the year in year one. Um, and I know that uh, no matter what happens in year one, um, as they get into year two and three and four, uh, they're going to be a team to watch because, uh, you know, coaches used to winning and, and uh, this program's used to winning. And I think that's going to be a great, uh, I think it was a great marriage, uh, Pat. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the, the stars can do the rest of the season.
Right. Yeah. And speaking of looking forward, looking forward to this week, some 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 really really good games on the docket. Um, I will let my CCAC bias shine, and finally get to talk about a game I think everybody in America has had circled for the last few weeks. All of that versus IUSB. All of that comes into South Bend to take on IUSB in a massive, massive late-season CCAC showdown. So, obviously, Alex Gross has been on uh, – he's just a man possessed, right? As he has been on a mission the last few weeks, and especially this last week. So, we'll see if IUSB can slow him down. But, um, you know, IUSB has that high-powered offense, and, and looking forward to seeing that matchup on Wednesday. Yeah, and, and uh, actually a game that just got changed uh... – uh, to Tuesday night, some big time games on Wednesday, uh, and then moving forward into Thursday, a couple games out west. I'm, I'm looking forward to you know Mon- Montana Tech's heading to Montana Western, um, and those Frontier teams just to uh, you know like Carroll last year, you know they're they're just teams that don't get a lot of attention, and then they start rolling. And Montana Western is really rolling right now, um, and, and they're hot, and they've jumped in the top 25, and uh, they got one of my favorite players, one of the most athletic players uh, in the country, and Sindhu Diallo, um, just a, a dominant player out there. And, and uh, they got to travel to Montana Western, though. And, and for those teams that don't – or those people that are listening that may not have seen the Frontier Conference, they play everybody three times in the league. So uh, that just kind of dwells on you, you know. And so yeah. by the time you're playing, playing somebody for the third time, it just uh, – you know, it, it just uh, is a grind, you know, just a different type of grind from those bigger leagues that you see that, you know, where team you may play half league once and then the rest in your your own division uh, you've played twice, you know. But uh, in the Frontier League, you know, they, they don't have enough teams. So they what they do is they play everybody three times and it just it gets to be a grind. And so I'm eager to see that game on Thursday as well. Right, yeah. And another one I'm looking at is Loyola versus Faulkner, right? And again, just a, a massive, massive late season matchup for, for Loyola, um, and then you stay within the league, anything about Talladega versus Stillman. So, obviously, some tough, tough tests for some of the top teams coming up. Um, and friend of the program, Grace, it doesn't – unfortunately, it doesn't get much easier as the week progresses. As that's yeah. Wesley, Indiana Wesleyan. So, it's uh, – yeah, a, a big, big week for them. Yeah, and, and uh, they, they'll be fine. You know, they're that league's going to get four teams in. And I – you know, you like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. You, you want some momentum going in, um, and I know that they would love some momentum going in. Um, but they'll they'll want to they'll want to get through this week, and then uh, you know if they can even if they can split the week, it's probably a good week for them. And then uh, if they can get two, that's even great or even better. But uh, um, you know they're a team that you're not going to want to see in the national tournament. I can tell you that. So uh, as a four bid league, uh, four teams I would think for sure um, in from the crossroads league. Um, they, they should be safe, but uh, yeah, they're they're a team that, whew, top two top twenty five teams that are are playing good, they're playing good basketball right now. So um, interesting to see those games this week as well. Um, you know, it seems like uh, about every every uh, Saturday we're having uh, having yeah. big time games. Yeah. You know, and, and I don't want to I don't want to discredit some of the games on Friday. You know, because we have some good uh, uh, Cascade games uh, with College of Idaho and. Uh, traveling to Lewis and Clark State, and Lewis and Clark State's uh, struggling a little bit. But, uh, you know, moving on to Saturday, um, you know, you talked a little bit about about the Grace and the Iowa game. But, um, you know, we got IU Kokomo now at, that are traveling to yeah. Alice Lloyd. I know Alice Lloyd's been all over uh, social media. You know, they're, you know, they're upset that they were 19-0, not in the top 25. And, um, you know, the strength of schedule is really hurting them a little bit. And I know that they've 
come to bat for that. I think they're a good program. I mean, I, you know, they're not a they're not a bad team. You don't go nineteen zero for a bad team by right. means, you know. And, um, but that's that's the game you know at home that they got to win again. You know, they beat West Virginia Tech uh, at home, and if you can turn around and beat IU Kokomo, um, you're all of a sudden in the driver's seat of the, of the um, River States League. So I, I'm I'm interested in that game uh, quite uh, quite a bit too because uh, I like this IU Kokomo team. I watched the, the Kokomo West Virginia Tech game, and, and it was really good. Now I'm uh, just interested to see the see how uh, Kokomo does on the road at Alice Lloyd. Right, yeah, and if you're Alice Lloyd, it's time to prove it, right? Like you said, like you got to earn it. And so now, now is the time where you really start. You know, rubber meets the road for them, and, it, and it's it's full go. So continue to keep rolling and continue to prove it. Yeah, and I'm going to talk about another. I'm talking about two big leagues here. Uh, and just as a whole, not just game specific, but, you know, I'm going to see how the heart of America and the KCAC uh, do this week, because these are two, two, uh, we talk about a lot in this program that not everybody's going to make the league tournament. These are two T or two big leagues, um, you know, that seeding is going to be very, very important, especially in the heart right now where, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're not, probably not playing for first place anymore. I, you know, I, I don't want to crown a champ before it's already done. I don't know how many games that William Penn has to win. Uh, they got to be close to locking that up. But, you know, as you look into and same with Iowa, I would think that Iowa, Indiana Wesley could probably lock up their conference uh, this week as well. But, you know, as you're looking at the rest of the leagues, uh, you know, and, and seeding-wise, um, and just teams trying to make the conference tournament, you know, it's just interesting to see how those two leagues play out. Well, yeah, and you look at some of these conference standings, there's such a log jam for, like, positions – three through nine, you know what I mean? It's like some teams are eight and eight, some are nine and seven, you know, some are a little bit below that, but it's like these, you have five games left and everything could swing so greatly in the, in the next few weeks. So yeah, these games, you know, we talk a lot about the top teams and the, and the ranked teams, but it's the teams that are unranked that are really going to shake things up uh, for themselves and, and really fighting for positioning for those conference tournament conference tournaments. Well, Pat, uh, you know, like we talked about, uh, with with just five or six games left for for most of these, uh, most of the teams across the country, and, and about three three and a half weeks until conference tournaments, uh, it is it is nut crutching time, and I'm interested to see how it all plays out uh, for for everybody across the country. We appreciate you uh, as always listening to the podcast, and this is Pat and Junior signing off. <laughs>